comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Episode 329. The move of the Rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. Tonight's episode. What do you think we are? Stinking movie phone? If you know the name of the movie you want to talk about, press one. If you want to talk about World War Z, press one. Hmm. I didn't if you want get to talk that. about this is the end, press two. If you want to talk about the Lone Ranger, press three. You have selected the Lone Ranger. I'm very sorry. Was really, uh, no, it wasn't. I really wanted the lady to come and go. That, that mm. movie, uh, that movie didn't do too well with the critics. It only made like what twenty nine million. Yeah, it hasn't. It hasn't cleared. Well, it may have cleared thirty by. Yeah, by the time we're recording. The date of this pressing, but hey, uh, guess what we're using? We are using the mixer. The mixer. The mixer. The mixer of doom. Is this the mixer that our listeners got for us? The mixer. Doom. I like the way Bill said it. Yes. yes, it's back. It's functioning. The case that it was in uh, did its job. It protected it. Um, we're just thankful to have it back. You should really write to the company that made the case mm-hmm. and just say thank you and tell them the, a little testimonial. Maybe yeah. they'll give you another case. No, just three Maybe. words. Good job, brah. Good job, brah. <clears throat> Welcome to 329. That's a great idea, though, Frank. Free to, case. To, to write them and say, hey, just want to let you know I had a hard day, and wow, you wouldn't believe what happened, but your product really saved my bacon, and I just want to let you know how much I appreciate whoever you are that made my case. And, uh, you know, if I could ever wear a T-shirt of yours or you know, a hat or a case or you know what, just anything, just anything, then that would be that I'd be honored to do so. I bought it at the container truly. store, so I will uh, go back when I buy a replacement. I will go back and uh, make note of who manufactured it, and then we can write them an email from the Half Hour Wasted account. Yes. May I, may I speak to Mr. Container, please? I wonder if we could have the... I wonder if the listeners would be able to help us out with writing this email. Maybe they could suggest some passages or some lines that we might incorporate into such an email. That's a great idea. Yeah. Send them to us at halfhourwasted at gmail.com. Or why don't we crowdsource it? Maybe create a Google Doc and open up to anybody who wants to, and they will edit it and add to it. And then at the end, that's what we send. Now hey, you know what? You're talking crazy, but I kind of like We could it. do that. If you want in on this, <laughs> seriously, if you want in on this, <clears throat> send an email to halfhourwasted at gmail.com. I'll create a document, and I will share it with you. And yes. that way we can all participate. This is a great and, and please, this is a great idea, yeah, Frank. Please keep in mind that the point of this whole exercise is to uh, indirectly goad this corporation to giving us more free stuff. That is a fantastic idea. I we are going to have some fun with that. This is awesome. If you want in on the letter to the mysterious manufacturer of our our protective case, yes, send an email to halfhourwasted at gmail dot com. I will invite you to a document that I create via your email address, and that way you can participate in the creation of literature. The perfect uh, 
The corporate letter. The perfect letter to a corporation to get something for free. In your in the subject of your email that you send me, uh, what or, should what it, or what Frank should, or me? I mean, yeah. well, yeah. I mean, at, at <laughs> right, halfhourwasted@gmail.com. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, the hundred uh, should say corporate letter. Corporate letter. Put corporate yes. letter in there if you would like to be invited. Do we sound okay on your end? You're, uh, you I have to. I have to say that um, these mics do not have the same quality as the old ones. They're not as we pungent sound, as the yeah. old ones, for one thing. We sound okay though. Yes. I mean, you're. We're monitoring the recording differently because we're using a different recorder now. We're using Frank's recorder. Frank's actually listening to the recording as we're recording. Is it? Are Are we overdriven? Are we? No. No. We're. It's a we're little good. difficult for me to let loose yeah. of the control of the recording, but I trust you. Well, no, 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 no. I trust you. This is good for Brad. I on did the, it. I did it years before. I used to do it all the I time. Know. I know. On the plus side, the uh, the foam windscreens, uh, they don't smell anymore. No, I got new That's windscreen. Nice. We got new microphones. Yeah. We got new windscreens. And they're oh, color coded. Yes. And I don't get strep throat three days after we tape every episode. <laughs> Bill so is blue. Nice. Frank is green. Brad is big red. Yeah. I like it. It matches the shirt. I've been I told actually, I look good in red. I can't see the microphone tip. Because it's against Brad's it's against the red, red the same hot shot. chili pepper shirt, which is coincidentally probably <laughs> a red shirt. It's from the same lot. Yeah. But it's weird. The color is exactly the same. It's that same crazy arrest me red that Brad Where do loves I talk? so much. I can't see it. I know. Hey, so uh, so was there a reason why we picked our colors? I have a reason why I picked mine. I picked red first before you guys ever saw the rest, yeah. only because I've been told I look good in red. Mm. Why'd you pick green? Uh, University of North Texas. Okay. Kelly oh, Green, as, there's, as my alder mater, mm-hmm. that is my color. You are, uh, that's mean. Why mean did you pick green. blue green. after the only choices you had were blue, because orange, and gray? it was that uh, or, uh, or longhorn orange, ah. uh, which is unacceptable. You look good in blue. It's uh, like ranger blue. I thank you. Um, it's ranger blue. Blue is, it is, it is a lovely, uh, very kind of an almost a royal-esque uh, blue. Um, it doesn't take a second seat. It doesn't play second fiddle to any other no. shade of blue, in my humble <laughs> opinion. I like that's, navy blue an awful lot, but this is pretty that's darn a good, good blue. too. So that's a good blue. I'd like to say welcome. And uh, yeah, these are uh, some lovely new uh, mics. Uh, well, two or three of them are. Frank's, no, they're all three. Frank's mic. And, oh, they're all, they're all brand three new? of them. All three of them. I bought a new oh, one to match the two. Oh, radio. Okay. Yeah. So we all have the same kind of mic. So for the first time ever, yeah. No. We, yeah, except we I guess two weeks ago. Yeah, right. Yes. For the first time in two weeks. For the first time in for the first time in two weeks, uh yes. And you're actually hearing us speak on microphones, so your uh uh your distraction and uh your eyes kind of rolling back in your head um are now provided to you in far greater audio fidelity than and, uh, they were I, the last two weeks. I I have to admit that I do kind of miss the simplicity of just putting that uh recorder on a table and recording. That's yeah. really nice. Just to it kind is. of get and go. We can do that on occasion. The patio shows. We haven't done, we haven't done yeah. those in a while. We can do that on occasion. Hopefully by the next time we record a show, my allergy cough will be completely gone. Well, and next time we record a show, it's uh, <laughs> likely to be about 103 out there, too. True so. that. Yeah. Um, Summer is just starting for those of us uh, down here in Texas. While I'm thinking about it, somebody asked me to send them a bumper sticker over a month ago, oh. and I've forgotten who it was. I I can't find any record of it. So if you asked for a bumper sticker and never got it, please let me know. Halfhourwasted uh, at gmail.com. If you uh, want a bumper sticker and haven't asked for it, it's not too late. I still have several, like several, several. Halfhourwasted uh, at gmail.com. What else? Anything? Lone Ranger? Yeah, let's talk about Lone Ranger. We're going to talk about these three movies that, that we've seen recently and okay. just kind of go over them. I don't know if you remember, but I would watch Johnny Depp build a doghouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You remember this? Remember this, no. this uh, comment? But just, but, but go ahead. And Are we talking like about, we're talking about World War Z here? No. <laughs> Not yet? Not yet. Okay. The let Lone me know. Ranger. Let me know when we do, and uh, I'll, um, I'll just, I don't know, I'll go take a nap or something. I promise to be back before the What do you guys show. think of Lone Ranger? Uh, I really liked it. It's probably my second favorite movie of the summer. Wow. Dang. Yeah. Uh, first was Iron Man. Okay. I now, still haven't now, seen Iron Man a second time, so I, I desperately want to. Now, I do have caveats with that as to why I like it, but, uh, but I'll let you guys continue. Bill? Um, 
my feelings on this are complex and not prone to be summarized in one simple sentence. But um, I liked it, but I wish it had grabbed me more. And I'll be glad to expound on that later. I'm probably in your boat. Um, I didn't hate it. Yeah. I liked several things about it, but I probably could have taken a nap in the okay. middle of it <laughs> a well, couple of times. I guess we're I guess we're into it now. Um, <clears throat> I thought that all the pieces were shiny and pretty. And they uh, and all the pieces fit together well. Um, the look of, of the thing was gorgeous. Um, they did a great job. He had a, a I think he had a new cinematographer. It seems like I don't remember the name. Maybe I need to IMDb this, but uh, I swear that Verbinski has worked with a, a different cinematographer before now. And I don't know if he did that on purpose to give the look of the film a, a different look, uh, or or maybe I'm just crazy. But um, I wish that it had grabbed me emotionally at some point. Was this uh, Pirates of the Caribbean music? No. Okay. This is the full version of the William Tell Overture. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it was really almost out of place when uh, when that music hit towards the end of the movie. See, I liked I mean, when I, it hit. I liked yeah, it, but I, liked I just it thought... Too. It's so weird that it's not background music. It's one of the most famous songs, you know, ever, but, you know, from 100 plus years ago. But it was once it hit, yeah. which was cool. I yeah. was like, I got a big old smile on my yeah. face when it hit. I was like, that's awesome. This is, you know. But then it played for 10 solid <laughs> minutes. I think that's why they didn't have it as much as they did. Maybe that was it. And they didn't have a traditional open. Um, certainly not the beginning of the movie. Actually, they didn't have a. They didn't really have a credit sequence, hardly at all. I mean, they had a little one right there at the end before the main credits rolled, but they didn't have any kind of big, flashy. You know, let's give an ad house. You know, three months to make us a. You know, an open. That they happens occasionally they do that. in movies. That happens occasionally. I yeah. remember one. Definitely was Hoffa. Never had an opening credit yeah. at all. There were no credits in it till the end of the movie. But okay. Um, <clears throat> and my point is that they just uh, yeah. so they never had the most obvious opportunity to play the William Tell overture right. or a or a an up an updated version of William Tell, which you know, not that it's going to be redone by the Chemical Brothers or anything. But, I, uh, I well, did, that'd be sweet. I'd I like did to hear that. I did like where the music hit mm-hmm. in it. Um, did you like it for ten minutes though? It didn't bother me because I okay. was I was involved with the action. But uh, when the music would you would hear those cues of the William Tell Overture, and then it would blend into the score, and then they would bring up that William Tell Overture right at the moment when the action you know mm-hmm. it matched the action. Yeah. So I did like that. Okay, my caveats about the movie. Um, I will agree with anyone who says the story was like blah. Yeah. Because it was pretty blah. Um, what intrigued me were the characters so much, and particularly without going out on a limb, Johnny Depp stole the movie. Yeah, he did as Tonto. He made that movie so enjoyable for me that it just you know it just made me smile, and I loved it. And I loved the way the story was told too, with a very very old Tonto telling the backstory to a young boy, and it's all in flashback. Um, because of because of those elements and because it was very popcornish, I really enjoyed it. I had a good time watching that movie. I wasn't involved with the semantics of the plot or anything. I just had fun. I um, I took uh, my younglings to go see it, and uh, I'd heard that it was possibly a little bit too not adult, but a little bit too frenetic, maybe a little too dangerous or something for uh, for a young young kid so of course i took my six-year-old to go see it and uh he really liked it he thought it was weird that um that the story was told in flashback he kind of complained about it a little bit yeah i did too in, in my own head because i wasn't there with anybody i yeah. knew but um, why is he old with that i you know i'm looking through the movie or at the movie through a slightly different lens you know it's impossible for me not to separate what i'm thinking about the movie from what are they thinking about the movie right next to me you know do we need to, is this too intense? Do we need to talk about this? You know, that kind of thing. And from that standpoint, um, I literally looked down a couple times and said, this is a Western. This is a classic, well, you know, tremendously well-made Western. Um, 
this was uh, almost hot fuzzy to me in that I think the movie was incredibly well made and it didn't grab me like some of the this other filmmakers movies have like I think you know not a huge surprise I don't, I don't think I'm sure we've talked about this but I think the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie is a modern classic I mean it's right up there with Fellowship of the Ring the extended version um, in my humble opinion I just I think that movie is great 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 and the second movie is fun and it's really fun and the third movie is I gave you it's confusing as heck it's like watching the third Matrix movie I got that um, but he did uh, uh Without Johnny Depp, uh, Gore Verbinski did Mouse Hunt. If you've never sat through that, hmm. it's it is it's tense humor. <laughs> it's, it is, Remind me of the plot. It's incredibly tense. Um, Nathan Lane and oh gosh, who's the other feller uh, character actor you'd recognize? Uh, are they are going to inherit uh, a mansion, and oh, they are right. going to sell it for millions because it's a historic monument, something like that. Lee Evans. Okay, Lee Evans, and you've seen this guy before. Um, but there's one mouse in the house that they try to get rid of, and it turns into basically a live-action, you know, Bugs Bunny cartoon. It, it Christopher turns Walken's in, in that movie. It turns into a cartoon, yes. And uh, Christopher Walken is the exterminator that yeah. they finally hire to get in, to come in. And spoiler alert, uh, Christopher Walken uh, doesn't do his job well. So... Um, but that's a that is a fun movie. It's it's just incredible tension, though. I mean, it's almost like a, um, you know Larry David show or something, where it's just mm-hmm. the the humor is completely predicated on how uncomfortable you can make the audience for you know how frustrated you know can this be? You know, but, I was uh, excited to see this movie because the trailer looked good, the looked fun, amazing, and I thought it's the guy who did Pirates. Heck yes. So this is, and he did the most recent thing he did before this was. That's William Tell. There's there's certain parts. To I didn't it. know the that was part, part of the William Tell overture. That's cool. How many times have you heard that in a Bugs Bunny cartoon? <laughs> a lot. I had no idea that was part of it. Yeah. But I was. I thought this is going to be Pirates of the Caribbean fun, and I, it, I hope for so. me it wasn't. For me, it was more um, um, Prince of Persia. Never saw it. <laughs> <laughs> which which tried hard and and was not a bad movie in any way. It just didn't. It, it didn't. You know. It, it never made me raise out of my seat and go yes. I kind of thought some of the dialogue in the movie was a little too modern. Yeah. Okay. Like the old Indian going, "What's with the mask?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. Like which I wonder if that was the this was going through my head. Do you think mm-hmm. that was the original Tonto? He just uh, I wanted I've been meaning to look. He looked the, very yeah, familiar. Was, he did. I'm gonna look that up right now. <laughs> the whole I deal with the uh, the whole deal with the mask mm-hmm. was pretty funny to me. It's just like, what's the deal with the mask? Yeah, I but assume... to hear the to hear the the people from you know hundreds of years ago, not hundreds, but you know what I mean, going yeah. decades ago, saying, "What's up with that?" You know, I yes. expect him to go, "Hey, dude, are you cray cray." <laughs> I mean, I'm uh, I had I had an okay time with it. You know, I was thankful that they put an action sequence in right at the beginning. Okay. That was pretty awesome. The ending action sequence was pretty ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty ridiculous. Okay, you got two trains going opposite directions, and then all of a sudden, they're going in the same direction. How does this happen? (laughs) Um, Are you familiar with... Now, I know this was all CG done, but if you're familiar, it reminded me a lot of... um, There's a Buster Keaton movie called The General... Where it's it's he's chasing a train. A train gets robbed by Confederate soldiers, and he goes after it. For two objects that are on the same track, there are so many hijinks <laughs> that it's just like hard to believe that they're coming up with these ways of one train getting in front of the other and stuff. Yeah. It's all done practically. It's all real. That kind of uh, there were segments of the train part, part that reminded me of that, and it was just so. I don't know. It was fun because trains aren't supposed to do what they were doing, you know. <laughs> no. No, there was a lot about that movie that was. There we go. I liked. Um, I liked William Fickner mm-hmm. as uh, Butch Cavendish. It took me a while to figure out that was him. Oh, I knew who it was right away. I mean, you... I guess I can tell by his eyes and nose. Yeah. I mean, I realized it was. Hey, it's that guy from uh, 
yeah, that's it. He's Prison in, Break, I know. Yeah, he was, but he's in lots of stuff. He was actually in the first Batman Begins, also. Oh. Um, I beg your pardon, not Batman Begins, uh, The Dark Knight. And okay. the Joker at the beginning r- robbed the, mm-hmm. the bank. Oh, yeah. He's the guy that... Bye. Bye-bye. He's the guy that grabbed Thank the you, shotgun and started... Do you even know who you're stealing from? You know, that, that guy, yes. that was him. Anyway, but I thought he was fun. You know, I liked him. <coughs> uh, the the original Tonto from the TV series, Jay Silverheels, and he has passed away. Oh, okay. So that that gentleman was a professional actor. Okay. Yeah, and unfortunately, uh, we were also not... Uh, it was not likely we were going to see Clayton Moore doing a, uh, a cameo either mm-hmm. because uh, he passed away, unfortunately, um, in 1999. At the age of 85, there so was, he was a good man. There were some times when Johnny Depp was a little too Johnny Depp, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, his character, I I don't remember ever thinking, I don't remember ever rolling my eyes at Johnny Depp's character. I was, and I was surprised at that because I expected this to be, you know, kind of almost a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory thing where it was just, it was his vehicle and he was just so weird and you couldn't get around. Hey, look at me. I'm Johnny Depp. How how weird am you know is this? Isn't this a crazy characterization? You know, aren't my eyes big? You know, but we didn't really get any of that. His his character was, I think, incredibly well done. But for him, it was almost on the subdued side. I mean, it was very kind of it was very monotone and very you know kind of Spock like, very logical. But if someone if someone who was crazy, you know, if there was a crazy Vulcan. Who was like reserved and very calm and you know logical about things, thought things through, but he was crazy. Then that would be this guy. And I thought it was a great character. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah I'd rather watch this uh, The Man of Steel again. <laughs> Ooh, wow! I, I really would. You see, I, because I, there was plenty to keep me awake. Mm-hmm. It's just that every once in a while I started going, hmm, "Okay." Yeah. It kind of bothers me a little bit that um, I think the thing that bothers me most, I. I left the theater kind of thinking, meh. You know, I it didn't do kind of what I thought it was going to do. It, it kind of felt, it felt uh, uh, like they they tried real hard and it just kind of fell flat. Kind of like a John Carter or mm-hmm. I don't know, pick pick any big budget movie that didn't quite you know didn't quite resonate emotionally with you, the the viewer or the listener. And uh, that's kind of what happened with me. But the more I think about it, I kind of admire what they were trying to do. And um, it kind of hacks me off a little bit that uh, that the reviews are as relatively savage as they are. I mean, it's like what still twenty four percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I haven't. No, I haven't read any formal reviews, so okay. I don't know. I don't know exactly <coughs> what their beef is with the movie, aside from I'm sure story is one of them, and I'm sure oh uh, Armin uh, Armin Hammer Army Army Hammer, the guy who played yeah. Lone Ranger, he was a little. I like the characterization, but I, uh, he could have had a little bit more oomph to him, a little more macho-ness to I him. I agree, but he was he was better than I... I, I was afraid he was going to be you know, some kind of very cardboard Taylor Kitsch and John Carter, where he just... Could you, could you, you know, manifest some personality? Just a little bit, please? You know, uh, uh, you know Keanu Reeves is worst. You know, just, whoa. You know, it's like, um, <laughs> you know, how about a little, a little character development or something? But, you know... To the writer's credit, um, he had an arc which was logical and didn't betray the um, you know the original concept of, of the Lone Ranger. I had a discussion today also with somebody about that, and my point was um, they were talking about how well this isn't you know this isn't how the original Lone Ranger did it. And it's like the Lone the original Lone Ranger was fiction too. <laughs> it was also make believe. There's nothing here. <laughs> you know, for you to you know compare historically because the first one didn't happen either, right? Um, and then he's spouting off about how this is, and I work with a lot of guys that could be <laughs> described as right of center politically to various extremes, for example, uh, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but he thought it was a uh, an anti, you know, a, a progressive government anti gun nut. And I just, I wanted, you know, 
I almost couldn't take. You it. can definitely read that into because, it if you're looking if you're looking for that because and, he was all very just no, we don't need that. We can fight with our words. Yes, and you know Tonto. Did he ever fire a gun? I don't even know if Tonto fired, ever fired a gun. Yeah, he tried. But, and yeah. I, I, but um, you know that that's one of those cases where you know we've seen where people are looking for reasons. They're they're looking for an agenda in the movie. Yeah, and and I, I just I, I hate that so much because. I mean, I would consider myself, I don't want to, I'm sorry, I don't mean to launch into 30 minutes of politics talk, but I consider myself kind of a person who's about as libertarian, I, I have libertarian leanings, but I realize that, you know, you've still got to balance that with actual reality. You know, you can't just say, hey, libertarian ideals all the way. No, that's not, it's not realistic. So whatever. I think I'm, I'm, I'm closer to the center than a libertarian, but I lean that way. And so, you know, I, you should be able to own a gun, blah, blah, blah. And I never got the sense that this was some kind of anti-gun message because he started out, his character arc was very logical. I mean, he started out, he was, he was a lawyer, basically. He's, he's going to San Francisco to, to be a DA. He doesn't think that, um, you know, kind of, you know, the age of wizards is over. It's time for men to take over. You know, he was kind of thinking the same thing about guns. It's like, you know, we, I don't live now in a time where you have to have a gun around at all times. You know, we, we have become more civilized and you can solve your problems without guns. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, it's, it's check out Batman up there. It, it was, um, uh, I mean, if you want to take it from, from that perspective, well, the way I looked at it was that his, him and his brother were of two different pe- two different, uh, worlds. Yeah. yeah. He, his brother was, huh? he was, please the, tell me, I was James trying to Badge place Dale. Him. He was in Iron Man three. He was Guy okay. Pierce's, Right hand man, oh, extremist okay. dude. Okay, <clears throat> okay, but he, uh, you know, he he's thank a man. you because that was bothering me for two and a half yeah. hours. Uh, he's a man of the land, uh, to where uh, you know the Lone Ranger is, is a learned man, and yeah, you know, it 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 was just it, it, that 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 part. I I wish they had flushed him out a little more because I would love to see a series like this. I liked it. I would go see a, a part two, but I. Don't think that's going to happen. That uh, then that is sad too because well <sighs> they have a a big um, thing to overcome. Total budget two hundred and ninety million. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's worldwide gross. These numbers as are going to get uglier. People seventy three million. Mm, that's not going to happen. <clears throat> that's worldwide gross. Worldwide gross okay. seventy three million. And I think kind of as just a general rule of thumb, um, when a movie you know you, you take a look at uh, box office receipts and you say hey. Uh, this movie made you know fifty million domestic. It made a hundred million, you know, international, and its budget was one hundred fifty million. So it broke even. Now, no, it, it didn't really because you still have, even though you're not buying, you know, enough film to stretch around the planet twenty seven times and reach the moon and back, um, you still got a lot of costs associated with it. So your uh, movie studio may get back, you know, half the receipts. So you know, you movie you know, it says you made one hundred fifty million on it. Yeah. You, Made seventy five. He may have made a hundred on it, something like that. But uh, um, it, a movie can bomb uh, harder than uh, than even it looks like. And I just I don't understand that the critics gave it a four point seven out of ten, but only twenty five percent on the tomato meter. This to me seems like bad math. By the way, as I tangent, seventy percent of the audience liked it. Uh, they gave it a three points. They gave it three point six reverse flashes out of five. And oddly enough, the uh, critics gave it 4.7 reverse flashes out of 10. Hmm. Why they have different scales like that, I have no idea. Um, okay, you want to move on to uh, either World War Z or to uh, This is the End. We've all seen This is the End. Okay. So let's talk about it. Uh, this is the story of um, real Hollywood actors playing themselves at the end of the world. The biblical apocalypse, it turns out. Uh, I've seen it twice because I enjoyed it so much the first time. Ah, uh, yes. I took Bill to see it the second time. <laughs> I said, you've got to see this movie. It's the craziest movie I've ever seen. And I appreciate that because I might I might have gone to the Dollar Theater to see it <laughs> if it had been just me. I like all these guys. Danny McBride, Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill, even James Franco. Yeah. Jerry Baruchel, um, and the black guy from The Office. Why Craig, am Craig, I? Craig <laughs> Ferguson? Craig no, not Craig. Craig Robinson. Robinson, sorry. Gosh. Not Craig Ferguson. Um, He's uh, Scottish. I loved it. I mean, it was a horrible, awful, 
no. rotten movie. Okay. That movie, let's contrast this with Lone Ranger now. <laughs> My biggest problem with Lone Ranger was that Lone Ranger just was not fun, which is why I'm so surprised by you uh, when you said you had a lot of fun at it. I enjoyed it, but I never went, this is fun. But with this movie, that's all it was. It's, it was unabashed fun. It was, and when I say it was rotten and horrible, I mean as far as like, if aliens were to see this movie and take this as representative of oh, the human no, race, we can't have that. No, they would turn around and hightail it back, or they no, just they would, would nuke us from yeah, space. Bomb is our what they planet. Would do, yes, um, I, I did have a friend who she did pee herself laughing so did hard. Did you enjoy in this the movie, movie at all, Frank? Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was good. Now I liked it in the sense that I feel bad about watching it at laughing at some of the jokes. Yeah, and you know, Danny McBride stole. The movie. He oh is. Gosh. If anyone's familiar with, uh, is it Eastbound? Eastbound or? and Down. Eastbound yeah. and Down. I mean, <laughs> and don't forget his brilliant turn in Land of the Lost. I I don't yes. think. And and uh, and um, Your Highness, which is a very Natalie underrated. Portman. And James James Franco was he in that? I think he has a bit part. Yeah, I think, yeah. I'll look it up. And Your Highness, very underrated. That has Natalie Portman also, movie. right? Yes. Gosh, yes. I need to see that. Um. Danny Where McBride. Danny McBride, I mean, he's Natalie he's Portman. like George James Clooney Franco. in that he plays himself. <laughs> I don't think that or Michael that, Douglas. I do not himself, yeah. think that 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 is. A, I think Danny McBride is that terrible of a person <laughs> in <laughs> real life. Awesome. But you just kind of gotta, you know. Everyone's just like, oh, that's just him. You know, it's like having that racist uncle. Oh, what you gonna do? That's, <laughs> you know, I love him. It made me feel. I thought I was going to get struck by lightning sitting there in the movie theater enjoying this movie as much as I did. Uh, it's not something you'd want to see with your children or your parents. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really isn't. Or, or even a, a, a I wouldn't even take it. I wouldn't even take a date. Yeah, that's not a date movie. That's, no. that's a, that's I, a think, I think that's a good date movie. That's a fiancé oh. movie. That's not a date movie. It's Maybe not, not a good first, first date. date movie. Yeah. Okay, not it's not a good date. It's not a good blind date movie. <laughs> I'd go with that. Uh, but... Um, we, the, oh, no, weakest, that, the, that, the weakest link of that movie, though, was Seth Rogen. Although, think so? I'll say that. To me, I mean, I, well, I, heard, he busy, I heard. He was busy uh, directing, co-directing it. Yeah, so I, he, I, may, have, he yeah. may have been a little toned down. But I, heard, I heard some people go, oh, Jonah Hill was so annoying. But yeah, he, That's the point. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. But Seth Rogen, for me, I don't know. He just didn't carry much. He, I, I know why he was important to the plot of who he is and why he directed it. Yeah. But to me, he was just like. He was the go-between for everyone and not really a character. He was the straight man. Good. He was the he guy was that man. everybody else bounced off of. Yeah. Yeah, there they, were, they had to have a control you know, in that were, experiment. And there were three the straight men in this movie and three, what's okay. the other term? Uh, funny man? Funny man. Foils okay. or? Yeah, um, I mean, well, you Seth had Bar- Rogen, you had Jay Baruchel, mm-hmm. and to some extent, Jonah Hill was a straight man. He was funny, but he played it straight. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it, it was Danny yeah. McBride, James Franco, and Craig Robinson were purely there for laughs. Well, uh, Michael Sarah. <clears throat> yeah, but he's not one of the main six. Yeah, but that was a I funny mean, I bit. just, I you know, cameos galore. I just, I think that the cameos in this movie were so strong that that I don't even really see it as you know it was the core six and right. a bunch of others. You know, it was, yeah, maybe it was it was a story of it was Jay Barrichell's story basically. Yeah, and then you had a bunch of craziness orbiting around him, but. I just I, I give uh, Emma Watson. I was about to say movie. you can't it's forget so you can't forget Emma Watson. Great. No, I, I heard of I heard of so wrong looking at Emma and going, <laughs> "You are you have become incredibly attractive." And realized the first time you saw her, she oh. was like ten. So, yeah, I'm creeped out. Um, I had heard this interesting story that the actor who plays Harry Potter, what's his name, Daniel Radcliffe. Okay, Daniel Radcliffe. That he was originally offered yes. that part for. Uh, Emma Stone, uh, yeah. Emma Watson. So, do you guys know this? Story? Yeah, I heard this story too. And apparently, he got a first <laughs> pass at the script and looked at it and goes, "Sorry, guys, it's just not funny." Yeah, right. And that caused him to rework it to where it is today. And I think they went on record saying that, "Yeah, it did." You know, in retrospect, it didn't. Work. They were they were yeah. grateful to him for turning it down. So, uh, Daniel Radcliffe is okay with starring the stage play where he's front. Uh, He's he's frontal nude with a horse. Full Monty, yeah. Um, but it, this is too dumb for him. This he can't do. Well, I I think I think it was just not funny mm-hmm. enough. I think yes. I mean he seems to have a good sense of humor. This if, was 
it seemed to be a smart script. Okay. And, and by it, the way, that it last could have been really dumb. Yeah, but it 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 felt smart to me. And that last line by me fell into the oh, Bill, that's not fair category. So please absolve me. Total of that. budget sixty two million. <laughs> How did they? Well, I guess there was a lot of CG. Worldwide gross eighty eight million. Yeah, good for them. I mean, that's, chances of they're th- a sequel. <laughs> I'd say pretty good. Have He's, you heard what the sequel is proposed to be? No. Okay. The sequel, from what I've heard, the proposal, because Seth Rogen apparently is not on board with it, but that doesn't mean it won't get made. But well, um, he was the co-writer and co-director. Yeah, the, the, I think Evan this Goldberg is, and everybody else go <laughs> forget you, Seth. We're well, out. I think he's trying to. I think the other director's trying to pitch it to Seth. But the okay. the idea is that the movie starts with the. Everyone walking out of the theater from the premiere of This is the End, and everyone is still playing themselves. Ah. So, they so they've gone to the movie again? to watch their own movie. Right, and, they're, and the movie begins with them walking out, and then whatever the story is from that point on Oh, well, that, that, I totally buy that. That works. I totally buy that. I mean, because they were playing themselves to begin with. Why not be playing themselves... But again, it, uh, the world's not going to end a second time, right? <laughs> well, no, 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 because they were watching it'd a movie be, of it. They, they, it'd they probably would, be a completely different I, story. It'd like, like, it would probably be Pineapple Express 3 at that point. Like, it somehow merges, it becomes a, a Pineapple Express clone, <laughs> since that was the joke Jeez. from this one. You know, I have never sat through all of the Pineapple Express. Really? I've it's seen, funny. I, I saw, like... <laughs> Like a twenty-minute chunk at the end of the movie where everybody was like bloody and dying and stuff. And it's funny. I mean, I liked it. I guess maybe I should see the first half where it's more bunnies and 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 meadows full full of daisies <laughs> and stuff rather than all the you know. I mean, it's basically is the part I saw. It was like watching Reservoir Dogs two. Okay, that's basically what it was. There's nothing it, but the ear scene from was Reservoir Dogs the entire time mm-hmm. I was watching. This I. Uh, this movie kind of falls into a, a genre of movies where it's it's you get all the stars in the movie, like one movie yeah. with a whole bunch of stars, Cannibal Run, the original Ocean's Eleven. Well, this is Rat Pack 3.0 is yeah. what we're talking about. Sure. This is... Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's just those those movies that you get all the stars in. Actually. And then it's fun to watch it, and especially years later. Yeah. When you see, oh, look how young they are, or look at that, or that's, you know, there's McLovin. Look yeah. at him. Before people start emailing, it's actually like Rat Pack 4.0. Because he had the original Rat Pack with Frank and Sammy and Dean right. and, you know, cats like that. And then you had uh, the Brat Pack from the 80s. Uh, your Rob Lowe and Demi Moore. And, and that was uh, Say No Most Fire. Emilio and... Estevez and Charlie Sheen was on the periphery of that. And you had Judd Hirsch, or Judd Nelson, sorry, not Judd Hirsch. the third group. Uh, the third group was uh, the Clooney, Brad Pitt, uh, Don Cheadle guys who did the Oceans movies. Okay. And they were kind of the new rat pack about, what, five, six, eight years ago. And now you've got the new, new, new rat pack in, um, you know, Jonah Hill and, uh, you know. Plus all the, a lot of the cameos, Franco too. Franco and, and all those Jason Siegel. Oh, yeah. Cameoed in this. Um, Aziz Ansari. Ansari mm-hmm. was pretty <laughs> funny. Kevin Hart, is, he's yes. funny. By the way. I don't understand. I I thought I heard a uh, an interview with this guy, and so I thought there was one part of this movie I knew going in, and that didn't happen, and I was shocked by it. I thought for sure that Kevin Hart was going to be the first guy to die in this movie, and uh, well, I he, cannot believe I he wasn't. How is that a convention they didn't bust? I mean, of all the movie conventions, I mean, it wasn't, this movie was not parody or satire like a scary movie. <laughs> you know, this was not that. Um, but well, maybe that's why they didn't. I mean, I just do it that way. It just seems so obvious. I mean, and and you know, anybody in the audience who enjoys uncomfortable humor, you know, would certainly understand that. Uh, unfortunately, the the black gentleman is always the first to die in a horror <laughs> movie, and I can't believe they didn't take advantage of that. And I'm not mad at him, but you know, there well, it is. it's well, an observation. Uh, a very old black lady did die hmm. at the beginning. I wonder if she was the first one. That was pretty gnarly, too. Yeah. <laughs> the air conditioning she unit fell through the roof. It, she, it needed to be a, a black man wearing a red Star a red Trek shirt. security <laughs> shirt. But That's she what did it should have been. She did deserve it. Basically, she rotten. Basically, Boma from the Galileo 7 episode. Okay. That's what we needed. We needed him to <laughs> pop up and do a cameo and just immediately get like killed by the first meteor or something. So, favorite, favorite mm-hmm. scene from the movie? 
or her favorite images? I, <laughs> I, I, I asked us to There's challenge you to try to describe it because I have one that will be hard for me to describe. The scene oh. where Danny McBride and James Franco have an argument. That's about the something about no, the magazine. Don't something that yes. he left about the magazine. About the magazine. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's something that's, that McBride left that he didn't want him to leave. That um, that scene was pretty funny. Yes, and the way that scene escalated <laughs> verbally. <laughs> that scene was pretty funny verbally. I, I just I, I liked. Uh, uh, I I was in from the opening credits, but. By the time Michael Sarah had shown us how unrelentingly hedonistic he could be, <laughs> you know, I, I was completely hooked. Because the, the bathroom you know, scene I mean, would that again, be one? <laughs> well, it's something like I mean, something like you know, Michael Sarah, the sweetest guy in the world, playing someone like that is exactly the kind of convention that they should have, you know, skewered with, um, you know, Kevin Hart dying first. Parents, if you're thinking about no, I'm going to no, go to a no. Let me finish Sorry. what I'm saying. Sorry, if, I'm, if you're thinking about you. going to a movie late night. Thinking you'll bring a kid because he's tired, don't. This is and not the kind of movie you want to bring a sleeping child to because he will wake up and be scarred for the rest of his life. No, that well, that's even worse because he'll learn that stuff through osmosis. Yeah, he'll basically he'll, so. he'll 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 hear it unconsciously, and it'll always be back deep in the long term <laughs> memory, you know, file where he doesn't know why these thoughts creep out from time to time because he didn't remember putting those kind of thoughts in there. I also like the dance number at the end. No, oh see, it my took gosh, me. the dance. Let's no, applaud that. I, I can't. I can't. Uh, I cannot. No, just, no. No, that was awesome. No, Seeing no. the... Just blow it. Stop. Who was who in the dancing? The Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys. It took me days to get that... that <laughs> That and then seeing the, the actors dance along with them, song it's out so of awesome. my head. That was so awesome. I was so yeah. mad. I was so mad. It's like it, what that was. That was Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg's joke on us. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, because, I loved it because, because I did were not clapping. I did not appreciate that, that in any way, and I left awesome. the theater a little bit mad. No, that because was it's awesome. like I know then they did their stupid, job. <laughs> they did stupid, their job. Stupid song is going to be in my they head. Did for their days, job, and you know what? Their plan worked like a champ. That makes me happy knowing it bothered oh, me that much. Um, I like. I I love no, that Seth Rogen. He is in heaven, and he can do anything or imagine anything. And the first thing he comes up with is writing a segue. That is his. <laughs> that is like the pinnacle of you can do anything here. Just think of it. Boink. He's on a segue. Hey, I'm on a segue. Um, my favorite part visually, and it was just a visual joke, was when uh, Seth and that guy were going up to heaven, and and uh, and uh, the demon monster is after them. But then, a, a, like a part of his body gets cut off, and then right. he's holding yeah. his own piece of body in his hand. That was. I don't funny. think I was the only one in the theater laughing no. so hard. We were hitting the chair, and just downright. Now, I do think there is a funniest moment in that movie, and it's also again very hard to describe. But which <laughs> actors are involved? It's Franco, James Franco. <laughs> He makes his sacrifice. All of a sudden, he's being lifted up into heaven. <laughs> the yes. way he reacts, yes, <laughs> like hey, yes. <laughs> I yeah, just, so I, you knew what was getting he, ready to happen. He was not and humble. I yeah. was just, I think I'm, I think I may have teared up at that point. That I was, was pretty awesome. Oh, it was so funny. And it I, made me I so remember happy. going thinking, <laughs> "What are you doing?" Because I wanted him to go. You yeah. know, just like what? Oh no. <laughs> Again, the, the the stereo. If a stereotypically black audience had seen this movie, then this they is, would have been yelling and the moment, throwing things yeah, at the screen when they would have been talking <laughs> to the screen. Absolutely, as it is, I fully expected uh, what happened uh, to happen, and it didn't disappoint. And it was just, it was wonderful. It was a little moment of cinematic comedy nirvana. It's uh, so it's this movie surprised me, and that's why I had to go back a second time. It was pretty dang funny. I you just, know, part of me is ashamed for liking yes. it as much as I did. And there, there are no, there are really no filters on this movie either. There's, there's language, and there. Your son's a zombie. Look. Oh no! Look at him. Look at his chest. Oh, jeez, dude. What happened wow, to your brother? He's. What happened to your brother? If that, all I'll say is, if that's real blood. Oh no, it's 
We may have to cut this short. It's, now it's all over your carpet. It's Kool-Aid? Uh, He's on the ground rolling around, I think. Good, good. A uh, little red sticky Kool-Aid uh, on the carpet is that's perfect. Oh, good. And you did rub it all Yeah, off. it's gone. That's fantastic. Nice. So, okay. uh, cha- uh, Channing Tatum, I mean, your favorite part? No. That, that, part, that part bothered me. Very, <laughs> I have to admit, much. that made me laugh from the, when, you know, they talk about them at the beginning of the movie, and then when that scene comes up, there, I, I was roaring. That I made mean, me... That made me clench up. I'm not going to lie. That, I was like clenched. Uh, how, you know what? When you play a gimp for comedy effect, it always works. <clears throat> Let's move on real quick to uh, World War Z. Yeah, so that World was War the last Z. word on that movie. That's, well, uh, really the last this episode. Yeah. Really unfortunate. Sorry about that, listener. I saw World War Z. You didn't, right, Bill? I have not seen it. Uh, and I saw it. Did you like it? I did like it. I liked the action. I liked the story. Uh, I had a problem with Brad Pitt. Really? And, no, and, it, and it wasn't his act. And it wasn't his acting ability. Okay. It was why he was why he was the point person for all this. Because all you ever find out, all you ever hear about Brad Pitt is that he used to work at the UN. Uh-huh. He used to be in tight situations. Put your mouth in front of the mic. Thank he you. used to be in tight situations, and uh, he was a man that could get things done. But everything we saw in that movie, a Navy SEAL could have done right. very well. Right. That was my only real issue with it. Because I, I was just like, why is he so important to this cause? So what, he was a former spook or something? Well, you see, that's it. You never know what he was because they never clarified. Huh. He worked for the UN in some official capacity. Yeah. He was a he got the job done. Um, people knew who he was. He was dashingly handsome. So all those together probably made it yeah. okay I, for him to do what he does. I mean, I kind of wish that they had made him like a vial, uh, uh, a doctor who was involved with, yes. with viruses or something. Yeah. I, that would have been totally great. You know, I, I know there was that one character. Thank you. How crazy was it that that uh, doctor... That, that, that was a nice twist. Bill, yeah. Bill, we're going to have to spoil it. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Yeah, they, they kill someone who you would think is a major character about okay. a quarter into the movie. Yeah, and it, it comes out of nowhere. It was an accident, but... Yeah. Oh, no. And it's any <laughs> it's a dumb accident, yeah. but it's just... You I mean, know, like the, the doctor, it, there's that character mm-hmm. of the doctor who who can figure out what's going on. It's a virus. I just got to mm-hmm. figure it out. I got to get the data. He gets he kills himself running with a gun. Oh no. And shoots himself when they right. land in Korea. Yeah. So it's the futility of uh Tasha Yar's death in the next generation episode, the uh the mm-hmm. long, evil dark. What was that? The long dark one was that? I liked the it's hard to call these zombies. Yeah. Because they're when just, I think they're of just zombies, real mad. When I think of zombies, I think of slow shambling George mm-hmm. Romero stuff. Yeah. Um they called them zombies in the movie because they came back from the dead. Okay, I get it. Um, but I didn't mind that they weren't the traditional zombies. But they were scary enough. I liked the fact... I liked... Yeah. I liked how... <laughs> when when Brad Pitt was doing his thing... You were making me nervous. His brain was working. You know, they... I like how they illustrated that. You know, you could hear him counting... He was very observant with certain things, yes. and then that would tie in later, and he would put the pieces together and, and come to conclusions, usually what, correct conclusions. One of my favorite scenes, which is pretty early in the movie, when he thinks he has been bit or he's exposed to the blood, right. he runs to the ledge of a building and starts to count to 10. Right. And for those he who, saw somebody turn in about right. 10 or 12 seconds. And I think people who maybe are not that observant maybe didn't catch on to right. what he was doing. Well, that's why he... He later, he said out loud, I got blood in my mouth. Yeah. You know, so that kind of, oh, that's what that was. Yeah. And that was really smart of him. I mean, that, that, was, that, that was a smart character trait. I was never, there was no gore. Surprising, right? No gore at all in this movie. There were some pretty tense moments. It was nonstop. I was never bored. I just was extremely, extremely pleased with the whole thing. I loved it. I'd like to see it again. The, um. A lot of the effects were pretty just like fun. I mean, watching yeah. those watching those people climb over each other. Like ants. Uh, yeah, it's just amazing. I don't know if this is a fish or not, but I was looking up World War Z images uh-huh. and apparently, you know that poster that's a silhouette of all the, the people going after the helicopter? Yeah. 
Apparently, one of them is a cat. <laughs> really? Yeah, let me see if I can find a picture for you. Huh. I'm sorry, what? Uh, the World War Z poster of a whole bunch of... It's a silhouette of zombies going after a helicopter. One of those is a cat. Hmm. Which I think was like a little Easter egg for the whoever designed the poster. Total budget, $260 million. Dang. Worldwide wow. gross... Three hundred sixty-six point three million. I oh. smell sequel. You think? Yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't the original intent to turn into a franchise, which is why my understanding is they had a lot of open ends at the first, at the end of the first movie. Or was well, it, was it like the ending of the first comic book or something? No, this was a novel okay. written by Max Brooks, okay, so. which I tried to read and got bored with. Mm-hmm. And well, the, it, the, the novel movie, the is, movie was nothing like the novel, and that wasn't one of the issues they had trying to make this. Was that um, the the novel is it's what a series of letters, basically? Yeah, a series of written by different reports. Yeah, written by different people from all over. Yeah, chronicling different parts of the quote unquote war. Right, and it was very disjointed. At least the parts that I read, I'm in the minority, I think, with people I know that have read it. They've most people look at me like I'm a dummy. <laughs> because I didn't enjoy it, but um, okay, uh, I just found the straightforward storytelling of the movie m- much more entertaining. Yeah, and easy for me. Well, to it's, understand. Yeah, it's definitely going to have a. Uh, yeah. What What did you think of the uh, of the cure? I thought it was really neat. I, I liked the the cleverness of it, um, and the fact that. Uh, the human race would have to resort to something like that. It's pretty crazy to think about. Yeah. So for, for Bill, for you, it turns out that the zombies are only interested in healthy humans because the virus oh, wow. the virus wants to transfer itself to another host. Well, that's cold. They can so, sense people who are terminally ill. Okay. Fatally ill. I guess terminally ill yeah. is the right. And so what they do is Brad Pitt goes to like the CDC <sighs> of all CDCs. Yeah. And goes into the one meat locker mm-hmm. with all of the world's viruses yeah and takes beak or samples all these little bottles okay <clears throat> to first he has in, he just chooses one at random and injects himself which as is, a, as the guinea pig test which is very <laughs> tense he's in a situation where he has no way out of this locker cuz there's zombies outside okay so he has to test this theory to infect himself he does not know what he is infecting himself with Jeez. And there's the the scientists are watching him via sort uh, closed circuit TV, okay. and they see him grab one, and they're like, "No, not that one, not that one!" And then he shuffles around some more. That oh, one would geez. work. Oh gosh, not that one! Did you see what he picked? I don't know. I didn't see it. Yeah. And then he's oh dang. So he basically, you know, it worked, and yeah, that well, was a neat scene when he's walking out. Yeah, I mean, I, I can tell you that I would rather. Um, I would rather pick up the chlamydia vial than the Ebola vial. <laughs> is, you know, if you're asking me, the um, so so basically, it it's like a, it's almost like a into the pot, into the frying pan for the human race because the only way they can survive is to become infected with something terrible. Eventually, they come up with the solution of some type of strain that's not as yeah. bad to kill people what as mean, the story goes on. Can't they infect themselves <laughs> with something that they already have a cure for? Well, that. You're led to believe that whatever it is, it has to be fatal. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 The the zombies sensed people that were terminally ill. Oh, my gosh. So if you just gave yourself a cold, yeah, they'd be like, oh, you're okay. still good to eat. Yeah. Because yeah. Oh. The, vi- the virus wants to, to procreate. It wants to pass itself. That's all it wants to do. So it wants a healthy host. <laughs> but the way this movie ended, it wrapped up. If there never was a sequel, it would feel okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but he did say at the end, the war is just beginning and blah, blah, blah. You know, there's still a lot of work to do to save the human race, blah, okay. blah, blah. But um, I there... could see a sequel, but uh, I wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt that there, if there wasn't one. You know, if there's going to be a sequel, it really needs to focus on what happened because you never find out what happened. You have clues, but there is never a concrete answer to oh someone was infected in moscow like you never get that okay or the moscow or the russians were working on this 
Because I think, you know, the commercials make it pretty plain that he goes into Russia to try to find patient zero. Yeah. And, and, and he does. He does, but he does not find it. Hmm. Well, that's, that's sad. Um, There's a pretty good tent scene in, in an airplane. Oh, that was crazy. I mean, <laughs> it... That's a crazy scene. Yeah, where it's a tube full of and people. And you know what? If I had any problem with the movie, mm-hmm. was that he survived that crash. <laughs> that, out of all that <laughs> crazy zombiness, if there was anything that I rolled my eyes at, was that he survived that crash. Yeah. And his and, and his friend. And the girl. Yeah. So... But it, it's still and this. You said you had a problem with Brad Pitt. This That's is, my problem. Was just his why he was important to it. It's, so it's not been, so much Brad Pitt, but why that character was That's okay. It. This is the first time I haven't wanted to punch Brad Pitt in the face watching That's a Brad Pitt movie. Really? Yeah. I've um, I've never been a real big Brad Pitt fan. There's plenty of Brad Pitt movies I don't ever need <laughs> to see or see again. But yeah. I, I've always I've always been just fine with Brad Pitt. I never saw Moneyball. I'd like to see. Oh, um, I've that never reminds seen that. me of the really of the. The scene in This Is the End where Jonah Hill's praying. Okay. Hey, God, this is Jonah Hill from Moneyball. <laughs> yeah. Like, God would know he was in the movie. Money, that, that made me laugh hard. <laughs> he's, still, he's still pushing that. Yeah. You know, hey, you know, just saying. Moneyball. Yeah. Um, what, uh, yeah, Brad Pitt's never been a... I mean, there, there's... I, there are... I like him more than Tom Cruise. Let's just put it that yeah, way. Yeah, I, I will absolutely go there. I am... Um, there's a, I don't know. Okay, Spy Game is one of those movies that that always just was underrated to me. It, it's one of those Spy odd game. movies that just grabbed me and said, "You are gonna watch did this it movie." Grab you by the scruff. It kind of did. It kind of. I'm trying did. to remember it, it Spy did, Game. Uh, it was with uh, Redford, Redford and Pitt. Um, oh, never saw it. Okay. Yeah, he's a he's a, a CIA guy. Redford was a, a CIA guy who is literally retiring, like at you know, at the end of the week or something. And it's literally... Spy game. That was very good. Um, so they have some adventures and stuff happens and then, <laughs> you know, credits roll and it's done. Um, but it's directed by Tony Scott and I just think it's just one of those where uh, the mood of the movie is almost Miami Vice-ish in that it's, it's, it almost takes itself a little too seriously, but for some reason, I guess Brad Pitt and Redford can pull it off. Um, I guess that's my official prescription. You know, that's my thoughts on that. Uh-huh. Not prescription. That would be stupid for me to say. So I'm not going to say it. What's and our runtime? Let's all on pretend this show. that I have it. Uh, we're just we're just hitting an hour, so this might be a good time to to wrap okay, up. So we'll chop yes. this in half with a pair of scissors and have two shows. <laughs> good deal. Okay. Cool. <coughs> well, um, World War Z. Um, okay. So, so Bill, well, book. based on our based mm-hmm. on our description, yeah. do you want to go see it? Um, yeah, you know, I, uh... This is the uh, guy who hasn't seen but only one episode of The Walking Dead. That's a good point. <laughs> um, but, uh, I've seen, uh, if you're, if you're wondering if I've got zombie cred, the answer is yes, because I'm the guy, um, uh, that has seen all the, uh, the Romero, the original Romero movies, okay. and, uh, I've never had a problem with the genre, um, you know... I've only Is watched it genre or genre. Genre. I've only watched five episodes of Breaking Bad too. You know that's something. I've never watched The Shield. They have I've zombies never, on Breaking Bad. I've never watched The Sopranos. Okay, there's a lot of decent shows out there I've never watched. And no, Two and a Half Men is not one of those. Stop looking at me like that. <laughs> Thank you. And scene. <sighs> Feels good though, doesn't it? Well. About time for me to be hitting the old dusty trail. But before we do, I'm sitting here looking at uh, the the novel World War Z, which we were just talking about. Yeah, I did not realize that this is a follow up to uh, Max Brooks, the author's um, book, The Zombie Survival Guide. I wouldn't call it a follow up. Uh, that's what it says here in uh, Wikipedia. So hey, sit on that and spin. I don't think it has. Uh, this is objective fact, and uh, what was the? Uh, I, I'm not brooking any argument. Well, what, what was the survival guide? Was it one of the? Was know. it? Was it's it like one of those? How to survive a zombie oh, apocalypse? Okay. I don't know, man. But uh, this says it was that, a, um, a follow up in the sense that it was the next book he wrote. I think World War Z. Yes, a collection of individual accounts we've already talked about. Um, but according to this, it takes place. 10 years after the zombie war um, and uh, apparently there was a decade long war against zombies hmm. so you didn't get that feeling certainly in the movie at all 
So there's certainly they've certainly got plenty of chronological time to uh, launch a uh, a media darling. I mean um, franchise. Though I, I have to say, when they said that the president and the vice president were dead, yeah. that kind of freaked me out a little bit. To thinking uh, during World War Z, there's a part where they go, "What did the president say? He's dead." So it's the vice president. Yeah, hmm. that and that that just makes you feel like, man, there is nothing you can do. I just oh, I can't imagine Nancy Pelosi being in charge. Of, she's no longer the majority. Thing I've she's ever no longer, heard ever. Who who's uh, house right now? Who's who's uh? It's not Nancy Pelosi. Is it John Boehner? It's Boehner. Okay. There you go. I know you love him. What's up, Boehner? <laughs> All right. Um, don't forget about the corporate letter, guys. So people want to help us write a corporate, the perfect corporate letter. Yep. Uh, what's the, where are they going to do, Brad? Send an email to halfhourwasted at gmail.com. <coughs> Pardon me. <coughs> really looking forward to this cough going away. Mm-hmm. Halfhourwasted at gmail.com. Put corporate letter in the subject line. I'm going to start calling you snot. It has nothing to do with snot. It's, a, it's like a wheezy. Start calling him throat. It's a wheezy, <laughs> breezy. It's, uh, it's a breathing. It was a thing. Christmas vacation reference. Mm. Well, but I'm not snotty at all. But you're over there hacking. Okay. Uh, he got it up. Give me that hand bone. <coughs> give me that hand bone. Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> Stop <laughs> chewing on that dang thing. <coughs> dang it, Brad. You're bringing this on yourself. Bam! It's the talking. <coughs> Down! Okay, guys, you've been listening to a half hour wasted Wait proud a minute, member. Um, Every time, do we uh, do we have a um, a song? What was the last time we we didn't do a song last time? It was either going to be Bill or me. I think it's actually your turn. Okay, you I have? did. I actually did have something. You'll have to you have to send me a patch. So it'll take me just a moment to get it. Oh, I was I was choosing between two, and I think I'll go with uh, with old. 97's Barrier Reef off one of my favorite albums which is Too Far to Care. They're a, they're a local band from Dallas. They've had a number of, uh, of albums and uh, this one in particular is called Barrier Reef. Thank you, sir. Alright, you've been listening to a half hour wasted proud member of the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Send your questions and comments to halfhourwasted at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at half hour wasted. Leave us a voicemail at 972-798-3830. And with that, here's some old 97s Barrier Reef here on HHW Radio. I'm queuing it up. There we go. So we trip the lights, man.